I want to start just by honoring uh, people who, from our church, um, and, and others too, but I'm, I'm, I have several people in mind from our church who work at long-term care facilities or nursing homes or hospice and, um, and are bringing the presence of Jesus with them as they minister. Whether that's nursing or the medical side or whether that's cleaning or cooking or all of that, um, I've just seen how people are open and longing for connections and how the people who work there bring those connections. So I'm grateful for that. Uh, last week when we started this, well, no, first let's do this. First, let's do Google Maps. Jenny Koenig has put together something that helps give us the scope of where we, where we are in this series where we're talking about Acts and what's happening. So let's go from where we are to where we're going in the Bible and what we're talking about in the Bible, which is in the other side here in the globe. So it starts in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem is where the Holy Spirit first came. It's where um, the church was formed, and it's where from there people went out. Now, if you scale back here, what you'll see marked is different places where Paul decided to go with his companions. On this trip, we're going to be talking about <clears throat> trip number two. Oh, my goodness. This be a long sermon if I don't. There we go. That's better. Okay, so now going back from Jerusalem, that was the main hub, but what became the main hub was Antioch. When people decided to go, and they didn't talk just to Jews, but they talked to other people who weren't religious, and they became believers, the church exploded there. A great number of people believed and turned to the Lord there, and that became the sending place for the first missionary journey, and we talked about that one last year, but now we're going to go to the second one. So where we're going to go is to Galatia. This is what we talked about next week. You can see those three to the right. They're in the region of Galatia, so we'll go to Derby because that's where Paul went first. That's where Timothy was found, and he joined them, and then they went to three other cities, and if you want to go right, right away to the next one, they went to Lystra, and then they went to Iconium. That's a long ways in their by foot, but they were going to other towns too, so they went there. Now today, the passage I'm going to read is going to talk about how they got from Iconium in this region, what was the story of them going all the way over here to Troas, and when they're at Troas, what we're going to find at the end of this story is it sets up what we're going to talk about next week, which is they're going to go to Philippi. All the way over here. So that, they were deciding to go. And they were sent by the church, they were supported by the church, they'd come and go from different churches, but that's the span that they covered. And last week, we talked about let's go strengthen and encourage others in their faith in Jesus with Holy Spirit's help. We are going to strengthen and encourage. That's what the, um, is, is found throughout uh, Acts, but especially in this little time, we see that that is a main emphasis to strengthen the churches, to strengthen the believers, to encourage them. That is to come alongside closely and call out in a way with some urgency, sometimes to comfort, sometimes to challenge. 
but we're doing it to strengthen not just that they're stronger and they can handle life and they don't need anything, but so that they're stronger in their confidence and dependence on Christ. And they have help with Holy Spirit who the same word is used of encourage, come alongside closely and call out, is the paraclete, the helper, the comforter, the counselor. It's translated different ways, but it's the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us. We have an encourager who helps us become an encourager. All right. With that, let's read. We just have one paragraph today. So let's read it. Acts 16, 6 through 10. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. This is the reading of God's word. Thanks be to God. So, maybe what's helpful is, let's show the map next. I know I'm skipping a slide, but let's show the map. So, again, started in Jerusalem, went to Antioch. Antioch, the first time around, they actually went down to that island, Cyprus. Then they went where you see the purple, uh, the pinkish purple. I'm not very good with colors, to be honest. But, you know, close enough. Lystra, Iconium, Derby. they went there. And when they went there, there were no believers. They went there to introduce people to Jesus. Then they backtracked, strengthening and encouraging them, and went all the way back. They didn't go to Cyprus, but they went to the other cities, and then they went to Antioch. Now, they have just decided to go out again. They go to Derby, to Lystra, Iconium, and then what we just read is they're going throughout Galatia and Phrygia, and now they're heading towards this green balloon. They wanted to go down to Asia, but they were prevented by the Holy Spirit from doing that. So then they decided they were going to go up toward Bithynia. So you see the blue dot up there. So they're going to cross over there, but they're prevented again from doing that by Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus. So they decide to go through Mysia to Troas. And in Troas, they have a vision that says there's a guy from Macedonia who's saying, come help us way over there. And they decide to do that. They're going. You know, that's, so we're going to keep doing that theme when we see it in the text. Let's go. They're going. But now, what are they doing when they go? Well, let's look at Acts chapter 16, verse 9. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. Help us. And they answered the call to people who were saying, help. Help. Now, so that's what we want to do too. Let's go help. That's, that's, by the way, I'm using this to help me stay focused. I'm writing out sentences to help me stay focused, so we build it. We're going to get there. Acts 16, verse 6, there is a, um, let me just back up for a second. Let's go help. Well, who needs help today? Lots of people. What kind of needs could we meet today? 
Lots of needs. Could anybody or any church meet all the needs, meet all the ways that people are saying help? So how do we figure out what to do? Sometimes we, especially in our age where we get to see all the news and it's usually bad and it's all over the world and there's so much of it, then we just can start to shut down and be like, well, I can't even make a dent. And so we get so paralyzed by the options to help that we don't help at all. I really like the phrase, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Because then at least we do something to help. But how do we figure that out? So Acts 16.6, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. They are going to talk about Jesus. They are going to introduce people to Jesus. So you would think that God would be like, oh, that's what you've decided to do? That's a good thing. I'm going to help you do whatever you decide. But instead, they're prevented by the Spirit of God. God said, no, not there. How? Was it, did they have an angelic visitation? Did they just have a little sense, a nudge? Was it just the roads were closed? Was it external circumstances? We don't know. But they concluded that it was Jesus, it was the Spirit who was saying, not here. Verse 7. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So now they're trying over here. No. Again, we don't know how. But it could be at times that when we're trying to go do something and it's not working out, or we can't explain why, but we don't think that the Lord is leading us. Now, that can be a confusing and frustrating thing. It could be especially confusing and frustrating if what we're going to do, if what we're focused on, if what we want to accomplish has nothing to do with Jesus. And the Lord might be saying like, no. Well, that's frustrating. I want to do this. No. It's just no flow to it. Why might he be doing that? Because I've got something I want you to do. I've got better things in mind. Sometimes the no's are directing us towards a yes. But I mean, you saw the map. It's not like that was like five minutes. Oh, that's a no. Okay, well then, well, now we know that it's this. They're going this way. And they're going, like they're making a long journey. No. How could that be? I thought, this was, I thought this is what you wanted me to do. What I love is that they, okay, that's a no. Well, then we're going to go here and try to preach the word. It's not just no, so I become passive, so I do nothing. It's no, so I'm going to keep moving until I find the path that the Lord is leading me on. Verse 10, 16.10, after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So now, Paul's lucky, right? He gets a vision. Like if God gives me a vision, that's what I'm looking for. That would make it clear. But there's a couple things about visions. One is, if you get a supernatural vision or an angelic invitation or like a 
voice of the Lord or prophetic things that are confirmed 10 times, it's probably because it's going to be really hard. And you need extra supernatural help to let you know this is what you're being called to. I mean, Paul said yes to this, and so he went over to Philippi, and we're going to find out he gets put in jail and beat up. Oh, then he goes to the next place, over to Thessalonica. He gets run out of town. Then he gets to Berea. They come get him and try to get him out of there. Like any of those things could be, oh, this must not be God. But Paul stayed with it, and so what happens? There's a church that forms in Philippi. Believers, we have the book of the Bible, Philippians. It's a a letter to Philippi. What he did in Philippi is still making a difference 2,000 years later. And he knew this is where he was to go, so he went and he stayed with it even though it wasn't easy. Even though there was opposition. But he wanted to go help. So he went and helped. The other thing about the vision is, I would think if God's going to give a vision, he could be very specific. Like, it doesn't need to be, here's a man from Macedonia say, come help. It could be like, I want you to take this boat, Paul, and go right here to this city. And then you're going to find these people. But what we see in verse 10 is they concluded. There's a vision. What does it mean? Man calling for help. They concluded after seeking and praying, I think we're supposed to go there. That's more how my life is. Like, I think maybe this. God, can you make it clear? Can you help? Well, with what I know, that's how I'm going to go. And then trust that the Lord will redirect. So, let's go help. Let's go help. Where do we go help? We go where God has called us. And that could be, that could be like we got a group right now uh, in Abaco helping Haitian refugees, helping set up ministry. They are going to help there for a short-term period. We've got another team who's going to be going to Uganda in a few months. We have, we have uh, a team that went in, right in, the, in uh, Knoxville, a person that can't take care of their yard, their house, their stuff, came in. They've done a bunch of work for it, and they're, and they're, they're going to go again. There's different ways that we can go and help in certain times, in short-term times. But it also is, we just go where God has called us, like where we work, or where we go to school, or who lives around us. We go with who's right there. And so as a church, it's the same way. We have all kinds of requests for Good things. Can you help support this? Can you help support this? And we will sometimes support, you know, things in like a one-time way. But what we're trying to do is say, where has God called us? Who are the people we're in relationship with? And so that's why a team is going for the many hands for Haiti, because that's one of the people we're in relationship, we partner. That's why Uganda, because we've been in relationship with Pastor Samuel and his ministries there. That's why the well, that's why Pleasantville Youth Initiative. Now, there's one other one that we have become connected to, and that is Ukrainian refugees. And that's because we've been been in relationship. There's Ukrainian immigrants who live here, who are connected to people over there. 
And so they're, they're here this morning. Now, Elena, I haven't met. Oh, I bet you are Elena. Can you stand? All right, you probably don't speak English, but you stand. And then Mike. I mean, I know that's not his real name, but that's how we call it in English. Can you stand? These are our two latest refugees who've come over. So if you want to give them a hand and welcome them. Thank you. Thank you. You may sit. So um, we have people from Celebrate who sponsor them. We have given money to support them. Not a lot of money each time, but enough money to help, to be help, to help. And the well is, comes alongside and helps them uh, with services and get stability and jobs. And so there's all kinds of partnership in what's happening. Um, so we are helping people get here and we're helping people um, when they're here. And uh, we also, um, well, before I say that, we should pray because we have a family. This happened early on where we family got stuck. Like we tried to sponsor them and like six weeks went by and we called Congress people multiple times. Well, and then the last couple times have been smooth, but we have a family that we're trying to get here now where it's stuck in the process where one has been accepted and the others haven't. And so last time when we prayed, like within a week, it all went through. So let's, let's pray. Well, I said it, so let's do it. Lord, who do you want to bring here? I thank you for sponsors who've sponsored this family, and I pray that you would bring them over, that whatever is holding it up, there would be a breakthrough, and that they would be able to get here quickly. Would you protect them in the meantime, and keep them close to you, in Jesus' name, amen. So, I knew Anton was coming. I didn't get back to him to connect about it, and a few weeks ago, he had sent me a video, and I couldn't open it, and he sent it a different way, and it didn't get it, get it open, what I didn't know until like 10 minutes before the service is that, that he was hoping we would show that video. So I haven't seen it, but we're going to watch it. And here's why. We, so that's one of the ways we've supported. So when you give to celebrate, you know, we're giving to the things I was talking about. But we also gave uh, not just for refugees getting here or not just when, when they're here, but we supported the church in Sheraton um, and that is supporting refugees over there. And so this video is a report of how our money was used over in Ukraine. And so we're going to watch it now. Ukraine is a peaceful and productive country. We have many believers who had met the Lord Jesus Christ and stood to the covenant. In our meetings, we often feel the grace of the Lord coming down on us. But on February 24, 2022, the war that our land has not known since World War II came to our country. Our city Dnipro is about 120 miles from an active front line. Despite the fact that almost every day we are exposed to missile attacks, God saved our city and its outskirts from active battles. Therefore, feeling relatively safe, more than 300,000 internally displaced persons were forcibly evacuated to our city and nearby villages. Next to our church, in an old building from the Stalin era, was housed 270 refugees. We arrived and saw these people experiencing great difficulties. We decided to do all that we possibly can to help these people and if it is the Lord's will, he will send the necessary goods. 
and we saw that the refugees were in desperate need of hot food. At first, they were fed in urban restaurants, but the explosions at the power plant made it impossible to cook food in restaurants. In this trouble, we found ourselves useful, because we managed to run Christian camps in the forest without electricity. We could cook different dishes on the open fire and it was our usual. We have acquired additional stouts and cauldrons with the help of our Slavic religious friends from Cheriton. They also financed most of the food purchases. Perhaps without the help of this church we would not have been able to continue this kind of work. May God reward the brothers and sisters of Cheriton Church. So we started feeding the refugees. Thanks to the support of American believers from the Knoxville Celebrate Church, Iowa. We have been doing this for six months. Our preachers and youth preach the gospel to refugees. Teachers hold the Sunday school every week, attended by 10 to 15 children. We can see how through this good deed people glorify our Heavenly Father, and we believe that this joint walk of ours will bear the fruits of salvation for the Kingdom of Heaven. My dear friends, Я хочу поприветствовать американскую церковь Celebrate Church города Knoxville, штат Iowa. On behalf of our church in the Dnieper city, I would like to greet American Celebrate Church in Knoxville, Iowa. Хочу передать пастору Эндрю и всем верующим в вашей церкви огромную благодарность за выделенную помощь для кормления беженцам. I would like to convey my deepest gratitude to Pastor Andrew and to all believers from your church for the assistance provided to feed refugees. Которые вследствие военной агрессии России оказались вынужденными переселенцами. These people were forcibly displaced as a result of Russian military aggression. Это люди, которые проживали там, где сейчас находится фронт. There is an active front line at the place these people lived before. And most of these people's houses are destroyed. Their homes were destroyed by a war of unprecedented destructive power. Но Господь, который допустил это бедствие на Украине, Он же и сожалеет о бедствии. But the Lord who allowed this disaster in Ukraine also relents from doing harm. И он находит таких людей на земле, через которых хочет помочь этим обездоленным людям. And he finds on the earth such people with whom he wants to help these destitute refugees. Пусть Господь воздаст вам а также славянской церкви города Черетон за вашу жертву и за вашу молитву за Украину. May God withdraw you, as well as the Slavic Church of Cheriton, for your sacrifice and for your prayers for Ukraine. С христианской любовью и уважением к вам, 
пастор церкви города Днепр Олег Стеблевский. This Christian love and respect to you, presbyter of Dnipro Church, Олег Стеблевский. Просим продолжать молиться за Украину. Please continue to pray for Ukraine. Да благословит вас Господь. May God bless you all. So I'm taking that in for the first time myself. I'm getting hungry because I've eaten some of those dishes that you've made and they are very, very good. Um, so how did that happen? Well, first of all, I just, this just popped in as, as it was ending. They thanked us for our sacrifices that we're making for them. Are we? Are we sacrificing anything for them? Do you think Celebrate Church should give more to them? You're Celebrate Church. I'm Celebrate Church. Should we give more? Let's go help the people who were called to by God. And, you know, the interesting aspect of this, I know, interesting is a bad word, the striking thing to me, how are we connected? How did we help them? How did this happen? It happened because some people were called to support a church and support a food pantry, our food pantry, and our food pantry got us connected to some of them immigrants, and that is how this has all come about. It didn't come about from a strategy many years ago, that we are going to go help people in Ukraine or we're going to help refugees. or we're, That did not happen. There was a strategy. It was in heaven. And God just says, I'm calling you to help people in this region through a food pantry. And many of you said yes by serving, by giving, by there, there's a way. And so we're helping people in a food pantry. And God knew you're not just going to be helping people right here with that food pantry. You are. But I have in mind for you to help people on the other side of the world through this. Our job is to say yes to whatever God is calling us to. So when, when God says, let's go, let's go help people, and these are who I'm calling you to, we have the opportunity to say yes, and then he does more with it than we could ever imagine. Now, one last thing before we go to a, our closing song. Thank you, by the way. Uh, thank you, Anton, for bringing that video. Control Freak here was a little nervous about showing it, and that would have been a big mistake if we hadn't shown that. All right. So, thank you. Now, one last point I want to get to. When God says, let's go help, one of the ways that he wants us to help was illustrated right there. Two weeks ago, Kingdom Hospitality, the passage is, you know, Matthew 25, where we go, we feed, we clothe, we do these things. That's, that's one of the ways he asks us to help. But in this passage, there's a very specific way that they are going to help the people. Acts 16, verse 6, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. They were going to preach the word about Jesus. They're going to talk about Jesus. 
And they're going, wherever they're going, that's what their goal is to do, is to help people know about Jesus. And then verse 10, after Paul had seen the vision, which says, help, come here to help us, here, help. After he'd seen that vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. To preach the gospel. And I think it's easy to sort of check out with that preach the gospel, like because the word preach in our minds seems to be like, that's what I'm doing. That's what people who get on the stage to do, preach. And so I guess the rest of us that don't get on the stage, I guess we don't preach the gospel. Well, there is something unique about uh, proclaiming the gospel in this kind of context. But that isn't, they didn't, get, they didn't show up and, and where's the place with the pulpit where I can go speak to people? People didn't even know Jesus. So that word, it's a long word in Greek. Preach, preach the gospel is actually one word in the Greek. And it's the word where we get evangelize. So speak good news. The older way of saying, bring glad tidings. So at Christmas time, we always, we find out that, let me take one step back quick. I've only got a few more minutes. Hang in there with me. Take a step back. The word evangelize for many of us feels uncomfortable or even negative because we have connotations of or connotations that are giving that evangelizing means manipulating people or pressuring people or I'm better than you so I'm going to talk you into having to agree with everything I say. And because, because some of that has, is sometimes the way evangelism is done, uh, that it gets to be like, well evangelize, but let's not let what, how it's been done poorly or how people twist it to take away what the word from the Bible is. This word evangelize comes from the Bible. So every Christmas time we talk about evangelizing. When we say that the angels showed up to the shepherds and said, don't be afraid, I bring you good news Glad tidings, I am preaching the gospel. I am evangelizing because unto you is born this day a Savior in Bethlehem, and he is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. They are evangel The angels came to evangelize. And then Jesus, when he's grown up, he's in the synagogue, and he says, he says the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to evangelize, to preach the good news to the poor. It is good news. It's a good news announcement. That's what he's saying, and that's the word here, and that's the word to us. In my house, many tears have been shed over the years over who gets to tell dad the joke. I'm not making it up. You know, that somebody's heard a joke, and one person's going to tell it. No, I was going to tell that joke. I heard it first. I told you. You can't tell that, dad. Or someone tells, you know, sets up the joke, and then someone else gets the punchline quick. No! I got it. Like the, this is the feeling of evangelize. Like I want to get to tell it. I want to get to tell it. Guess what? He asked me. Guess what? She said yes. Guess what? We're having a baby. Guess what? I got the job. Guess where we're getting to go on vacation? That is evangelize. Guess what? God loves you. Guess what? He wants to be with you. Guess what? Even though you feel like you've screwed up and it's too late and you have all these regrets, God, it's never too late with God. He can take you right there to somewhere great. 
Guess what? Even though you're facing death, God has made a way that you're going to live forever. Good news. Evangelize. Let's go help and evangelize to the people who God's calling us to. Worship team can come back up. But we know in the Bible, there's a few times where a human being gets to look into the throne room of God. It's a few times. And in one of those times, what the throne room of God, what God says from his throne room, what he asks is, who will go? Who will go? I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. God, we pray today that you would infuse the power of the gospel, of the good news into our lives. That where we need your good news, the specific ways we need your good news to be made known to us, you would make them known. Maybe even this morning, but certainly in this week, in the days to come, would you make known your good news in the ways that we need it, that we need it to be revealed to ourselves. And then would you show us who you're calling us to, who you're sending us to, Thank you that when we just offer a little bit to you, as people, as a church, you can do such amazing things. And we were asked to pray for the people of Ukraine, so we pray for the people of Ukraine today. Lord, have mercy on them. Lord, bring peace to the region. We pray for the people of Russia. Lord, bring peace to the region. Thank you that so many have come to faith in you through the believers over there. Since the war has started, we pray many more would come to faith, but also that you would save and rescue and deliver that part of the world. And would a great number of people in this region believe and turn to the Lord? And would you use us? Would you send us to be your representatives? I thank you for Jackie, who when she felt a call from you would say, I'll do it. I'm doing it. And I pray for many more Jackie stories. Whoever you're sending us to, we say, I'll do it. I'm doing it.
May your love flood this place. As we sing this closing song, may your love flood this place. In Jesus' name, amen.